Father God in heaven, we do thank you for coming to our rescue. Uh, God, maybe um, we don't fully understand it. God, maybe some here don't even understand that they need to be rescued. Uh, but nonetheless, God, you came to our rescue. Uh, Lord, we ask as uh, we um, open your word here in the next few minutes, as we spend some time learning, uh, that God, that uh, you speak to us. Um, Lord, th those of us that have had uh, trying weeks or months or years, um, God, whatever the situation is, I ask that we can just uh, set those aside for, for the moment to hear your voice, um, God, and just to, uh, to learn from you. Um, Lord, uh, everything we do is because you've given us the ability to, to do that. Even the bad decisions in which we make, God, we know that you can turn those for good. Uh, God, we ask uh, as, we, uh, as we do all this, Lord, that we give you all the glory. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, have a seat. All right, how we doing? Good? Great? Okay? All right. Rough week? Yes? No? Maybe so? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're starting a new series today. Uh, last series on prayer, I, I uh, particularly like that one. Um, I don't know about y'all. I'm hoping as we finish that up that you learned something. Um, or maybe you were reminded of something. And... Um, you started to implement something. I know there's a lot of somethings in there. It was profound, like this something. Super specific, that's right. No, no some things, right. Um, but yeah, so this series is going to be a little bit different. Uh, different in the sense that, um, I mean, we're, what, what it is we're going to be talking about, discipleship, that's, I mean, there's no, no, no uh, hidden secret about that. Talking about discipleship, if you ever want to know what the heartbeat of Jesus is, all you got to do is look at discipleship. Jesus, I mean, it, it, when we talk about discipleship, Jesus smiles. And I know that kind of sounds corny and everything, but no, that's the very, that's the, 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 the truth. Um, and, and I say that because, and I can say that with confidence because that's what Jesus told his disciples to do when he was getting ready to, to, to leave on the jet plane, right? <laughs> Leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. He, I mean, that's the truth, right? So only the Father knows. Only the Father knows when he's going to come back. It wasn't really a jet plane. You know, he was the first one to, to levitate before David Copperfield and all that, you know? Um, I know. We'll get on track. Uh, so, but here, here's the deal. Uh, my posture in this is I want to be down here on, on the floor with everybody because we're all in this together. Discipleship is something that I have committed my life to. Uh, that, that is something that, that, that drives, drives me. And um, what we're going to do over the next four weeks, well, I'm going to do over the next four weeks, and then Jake's going to finish it up on uh, the 12th, which is going to be awesome. Um, no, <laughs> right, right. If you have anybody that you're wanting to, to bring to church where you're like, man, you know, Lee goes a long time. Jake will be done in like 12 minutes and we'll be good. Tops. 
<laughs> no, but uh, he's going fin- to bring it all together um, and, uh, on the 12th when we do baptisms. It's actually, that's why we're doing baptisms on the 12th, so we have a little bit more time. Because <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I mean, come on. We've got to be practical. Life has to be practical, and that's why what we're going to engage in this study over the next four or five weeks. And this is going to be practical discipleship. At the end of the day, this is the practical discipleship series. And there's not going to be anything fancy about it. What we're going to do is we're just going to talk. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> and my wife, where'd she go? She had to go potty. Um, yeah, I'm still in the introduction part. Right, I was going to say something about her, though, because she always says that I tell her I'm, I'm not going to get preachy. We're going to just kind of talk. She's like, pff, pff, right. Um, so, but that's all right. I, I, just, I just want to talk about some things. I, I don't have like a, a, a 15 points over the next five or four or five weeks that, that I wanted to, to cover. I just want to share um, so, some insight, some things that, that God has, has made clear to me. And, and things that we can, um, I believe that we can learn from in discipleship. I, I do not plan uh, on any stretch of the imagination revealing any you know, special formula or s- unlock some secret to, to be a better disciple of Christ. I, I, don't, I don't plan to set out to do that. Um, you, you know me, there's nothing that I say that's original. I stole it from somebody. I, I, I just can read, right? And I just regurgitate, whatever it may be. So, uh, but what, what I want to do is I just want to talk. I want to unburden a little bit that God has laid on my heart. I'm not going to give it to y'all. We're not going to drink out of fire, fire hydrants. But I think that we need to understand the importance of discipleship. And that we don't need to get freaked out. So in the elders meeting this week, we talked about, so why, are, why do people get freaked out when they hear the word discipleship? Is it the word itself that's freaky? I mean, it's discipleship. Well, I can't do that. Well, that, that means you have to, you know, you have to have this kind of degree and that kind of degree, and you have to know this knowledge and that knowledge, and you have to be, you know, a, a, a believer for so long, and, you, and then we just start defeating ourselves right out, out the gate. Maybe, I mean, it, it, maybe that is, or a, another one is, um, hey, babe, I, I told him I wasn't going to get preachy. She brought me a bottle of water. So, um, but another one is, um, I ain't got time. Hey. Ain't nobody got time for that. Thank you. Look at that. No, no, no one, no one raise your hand, but you, if, you, if you're going to be honest, how many, how many of you have, have had that excuse? I ain't, I ain't got time to, to disciple anyone. I ain't got time to, to, to disciple myself or to, to be a disciple. Thank you, babe. Yeah, I'll share my germs with you. <clears throat> here's the deal when it comes to discipleship I've already said it it's the heartbeat of Jesus what is it well I'm glad you asked it's in my notes it's helping other people it's helping people to grow and mature in love in devotion and commitment to Christ it's not super complex it's not that, well, you have to have all of this learned, you know, all these, know all these knowledges and um, isses and esses and thuses and all that. That's not what it is. Even when it does get a little bit deeper, because discipleship is an awesome, awesome thing because it can start shallow, but it can go really deep. Even when it does get deeper, as you grow and as you progress in your relationship with Christ, God gives us the ability to understand 
So if you are one that says, I can't, I don't know how, I don't know, understand this. God never commands us to do something that he doesn't give us the power, the strength, and the ability to do. He's not going to say, go make disciples and (laughs) figure it out on your own, suckers. No, he doesn't say that, nor will he ever. He says, go, and as you're going, make disciples. So discipleship, it happens on many, 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 many different levels. Many, many, many different levels. And what I want to do is with discipleship happening on many different levels, and let me say this, in many different ways, that's why I'm saying I'm not going to uncover something new. And maybe you know a, 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 a um, tried and true proven discipleship method. Fine. I'm not, I don't want to contradict and say don't do that. What I'm going to say is that there are many ways There are different ways in which we can do a discipleship, but the end result is always the same. The end result always has to be Christ and and, and Christ-centered, God-focused, God-glorifying. So I'm not going to give you any new formulas, anything to adhere to, to be a better disciple of Christ. I know people want to come to church sometimes. Okay, preacher, just tell me like three things to do. I'll do those, and I'll feel better about myself. I mean, you just tell me how to be a better disciple, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get my checklist out. I'm going to go, check, check, check. Hey, I'm a, I'm a good disciple. That, that, that's, that doesn't work. The Bible doesn't, doesn't give us that. So I'm not going to give you anything like that. What I want to, to do is to help you be a better disciple. I'm learning how to be a disciple. I want to help you learn how to be a disciple. I, just see, I think discipleship involves making and molding. Making and molding. And as, what do you mean by making and molding? We're told to make disciples, but as we're making disciples, we should be molded as a disciple. There is never an end. I've arrived at discipleship. There is never an end. This is, this is like the, the postman. There's always going to be letters coming in, right? So don't go postal. Understand that, that, that you're never going to achieve. It's a great motivational speech. Yeah. Just live with it. Deal with it. No, here's the deal. The end result is closer intimacy and relationship with God. That's the focus. At the end of the day, that's what we're focusing on is our relationship with God. And that's what discipleship is. So don't get bogged down and think that it's, it's too overwhelming, we can't do this, I don't know enough, and blah, 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 blah. Don't come with excuses, but come with questions. One of the things that we're going to do over these next few weeks is I want to answer questions which you have about discipleship. So you all have a piece of paper. If not, um, we can get you more. Does we have any? You don't have one? Where, where, where'd they go? Who, who has... Uh, here, I'll, I'll get him. No, you stay down. You, you got that? There we go. Anybody else need one? Marlon? He tapped it out with his stone. You borrowed your friend Gutenberg's press, didn't you? <laughs> so you have this little piece of paper. This is to fill in the blanks, whatever. I, I, I've been asked to do this more often because it helps you think, Whatever. I want to help however I can. But um, if you have questions as we go through this, write them down. Write questions down and then either email them to me, write them down on, on a piece of paper and hand them to me. Um, because what I want to do, I may not answer your question like 
If Kalina comes up to me and says, hey, I got a question about this. Well, here, maybe somebody, I want to take, and take that question to everybody else because they might have the same question. Um, I, I won't share unless you want me to. I won't share who, what questions come from, from what people. Um, I'm not about that. I just want to answer questions about discipleship, Wayne, about discipleship. <laughs> Nothing yet. What, what, fo- <laughs> focusing on discipleship. Hey, if you're, if you're visiting with us or something you're, or you haven't been here a while, you know we're one dis- big dysfunctional family, right? Amen. And proud of it. Right, thank you. All right, so, whoo, are we ready to roll? Well, we, we know what our focus is, right? All right, here's something that I believe. I believe that the practical nature of being a disciple of Jesus, now, hear that, the practical nature of being a disciple of Jesus has been lost in the religious practices of Christians. Wait, what? Wait a second. No, hold on. I believe that the practical nature of being a disciple of Jesus has been lost in the religious practices of Christians that do not truly understand the reality of a believer's union with Christ. What does that mean? Well, here, here's what it means. I think that, it, that um, discipleship has been lost. The practical nature of it has been lost to religiosity. Going through the motions. If I go to church this many times, if I give this much money, if I give this much time, if I do this, then I'm a good disciple. Are are those things good in of themselves? Yeah, they're good, but that's not what marks a good disciple. What marks a good disciple is the growth and the intimacy that you have because of your union with Christ. What does that mean, your union with Christ? Exactly what what it sounds like. When a man and a woman um, enter into marriage, they, they uh, enter into a union, covenanted under, uh, under God. That union. So when we um, give our lives to Christ, we enter into a union with Christ. That union then, just like any marriage, has the, the, um, the, the ability to grow, to, de- to deepen I mean, look at it this way. So Bill and Stephanie are going to be celebrating their 49th anniversary on on Saturday. 49 years. Most of us haven't even been alive that long. But it's it's all right. That's all right. Derek Derek was a year old because he just had his 50th birthday, right? So, so... But, but, but the depth of, 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 a, of a union for that long is going to be deeper than maybe being married one, two, three years. Or even, how about this? Shannon and I have been married 16 years. I've got it. <laughs> even, though I know, even though my depth now is deeper than when it was when we first got married, it's still not 49 years deep. Now here, I'll throw a caveat in there. Just because, and we'll go, let's flip back to your union with Christ, your, your relationship with Christ, just because you've been saved or you've been a, 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 um, a believer of Jesus for long periods of time doesn't mean you have an intimate relationship with God. If I were to marry my wife and I were to say, I do, I do, yep, mm-hmm, I love you, and take the John Wayne approach, right? I told you I loved you when I married you, and if it changes, I'll let you know. If, if, I told, if I took that approach, my, 
my intimacy, uh, marriage counseling, Bobby. Um, so, <laughs> um, so if I took that approach, my, my depth of intimacy would not be what it is today. I mean, because it, it just, relationships don't work that way. Very much the same our relationship with God is. Actually, God uses the, the marriage covenant and the marriage relationship for us to understand our relationship with him. So why do I stress that? Well, all of that is discipleship. All of that is discipleship. Oh, so I don't need to really put any effort into discipleship. No, you have to put effort into discipleship. Because discipleship doesn't happen. Just like my intimate, my intimate relationship with my wife just doesn't happen. I mean, it, it takes work. I mean, to, for, just you got to give it to Shannon to put up with me. That takes work. Lots of it. If you want someone to pray, you know, we just talked about prayer last, last few weeks. Pray for my wife. Come on. She needs it. More than anybody else in here. So, yeah, because she has to deal with me. Okay, fine. But no, that's what I'm saying. We have to focus on, and we have to make a decision in discipleship. So um, I don't have one of those pieces of paper here. Do you have an extra one? Is that an extra? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll share. We're married. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't have, I didn't have one. I, I, I mean, I wrote this. I just I didn't have one. But I want to make sure that I give you the, the blanks, because if I don't give you the blanks, some of you type A people will be hunting me down. Wait a second. Wait, you didn't give me the third blank from the top. Right, okay. God forbid you'd have to think. Um, uh, it's going to be one of those mornings, right? So discipleship is about a decision. Discipleship is about, about a decision that changes the trajectory of one's life. Can I spell that? Uh, I thought we had a slide for that. No, we're, we're working on it. That's all right. So discipleship is about a decision that changes the trajectory of one's life. Understand this. Yes, it's on the board now. Understand this. Understand this because this is, this is the point. If, it, if discipleship just happened, why would Jesus say to go do it? If discipleship, okay, I, I've given my life to Christ, and, you know, as long as I live a good life, you know, I'm just going to be a better believer, I'm going to be a better disciple. If it just happened, why would Jesus, at the most important time after his resurrection, would he say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. If it just happened. Well, we know that discipleship just doesn't happen. It takes a decision. When we make a decision, we ha it's, it's that, that, that word decide. I got to decide on something. When you decide, you put something to death. Kind of like homicide, suicide, right? Genocide, right? It has the same root, when you decide to do something, you have to put something to death. So when you're making the decision to, to grow as a disciple of Christ, or maybe you're making the decision to become a disciple of Christ, something has to be put to death. You cannot hold on to sin and be a, 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 a maturing, growing, flourishing disciple. You, you can't hold on to both. 
You hold on to both and it'll tear you apart. It'll, it'll, it'll tear your life apart. Now, God doesn't say that like, okay, so here's the deal. I want to tear you apart. No, he wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. His way is pure. His way is true. I want what's best for you. I want you to learn. I want you to grow. That's his desire. That all be saved and come to the knowledge of him, the full knowledge of him. Christianity is not just, just taking it and, 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 and uh, putting our, our brain at the door and coming in and, oh, I'm a new Christian. <laughs> Let me just listen to everything. And, no. It takes thinking. It takes, there, there, there's a, a, a brain in there. There's a mind for a reason. God wants you to know. So this decision that takes place, we have to understand that you have to decide. I can't decide for you. None of the elders in the church can decide for you. No, your husbands can't decide for the wives. Wives can't decide for your husbands. You, you have to decide for you. You have to decide for you. If you've got a Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Because I, I think that, that, that no one else grasps the understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Christ better than the Apostle Paul. Now, I'm not, now when I say I'm not uh, um, diminishing any of the other apostles, or I'm not diminishing any great figure in the church or anything like that. But I think that, that, that Paul communicates, he, he, he got this. Even though he struggled, he, he, he got this. Philippians chapter 1 uh, in in uh, the second half of verse 18, he says, Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. This makes a whole lot greater impact when we know what's going on, the context that's going on here. Paul's in prison. He's in jail at this time. He was in prison, in prison because of his faith. And he's saying here, okay, Maybe I'll get delivered, maybe I won't. But as a result of what's going on here, my hope is that I will not be put to shame at all. But his full courage is in Christ. And Christ will be honored with my body if I live or if I die. A commitment. Here, this is the commitment that Paul has to Christ and the commitment that Paul has to being a disciple. This commitment is not just, hey, when things are going well, when I can make it to church or I can do this. No, 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 no. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. It's just there's a commitment to be a disciple of Christ that supersedes everything. It's not something that's easy to do. Being a disciple of Christ is the hardest thing that you ever do. Well, good motivational speech again, Lee, you know. No, I, that's, but it's the truth. It, it, it's the truth, and that's where we have to understand, am I committed? Am I committed? Because if you're not committed, don't go around waving the banner of Jesus saying that I'm committed because all you're doing is making it difficult for those who are. 
What we need to understand is if I'm committed and I'm saying, okay, yes, I'm committed to Christ, well, we need to act that way. We need to live that way. That's not, not, not what I'm saying. That's what God says. We're going to see that's what Paul is telling us here. Look, look on further. He, he gives this awesome um, statement that's on T-shirts and coffee cups and everything, you know, all that stuff. Verse 21, for to, for to, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Wait a second. What does that mean? What is it? Because you read that and somebody's like, wait a second. So it's better if I, you know, if I live, I'm going to live for Christ. You know, yeah, I get that. Yeah, if I live, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a good disciple and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this and try that and whatever. But he says, you know, but for, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. We don't, we don't use that terminology, is gain. But what he's saying is, for me to die, that would be even better. That would be better for me if I died, because what, what, what's going to happen? He, he, he's going to, as a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible is clear, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So how Paul can face, like he's in prison now, and he, in this whole letter of Philippians, is an encouragement to this church at Philippi. How can he write that out? Because he knows if, if the worst that can happen on earth here is that he's put to death, what that means is he's going to open his eyes and he's going to be in heaven. So for me to live is Christ, okay? For me to live, I'm going to live for Christ. Why am I going to live for Christ? Because Christ lived for me. That's, the, that's one of the key, those keys there. You, how, how can I say I can live for Christ? Because Christ has already lived for you. He's died for you. The sins in which you have, that, that, you, have, that, that you commit, the ones that you say, oh, I can't get over, he's already, he's already paid the penalty. He's already, already conquered those. He's lived for you. So how can you live for Christ? It's because he's already done it for you. And that's what Paul is saying. I can be content in all things here. And he says that later on in the book. I can be content because, you know, Christ lived for me. And since Christ lived for me, I'm going to live for him. No matter how much they beat me and how much they put me in prison, how much they do this and how uncomfortable and how whatever, I'm going to trust him. That's hard. That's hard for us living in 21st century um, you know, America where everything's like, you know, if you don't feel good about yourself, then, you know, you, you, you deserve better. No. Do you know what we deserve? Hell. Hell. We deserve that because we're rebellious against God. It's out of God's grace and his mercy that he has brought and he has given us the free gift of eternal life. So thank God that I don't get what I deserve. Because of my trust in him. And that's what Paul is saying. I could live for him because he has lived for me. He goes on to say, 22, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I choose, I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with y'all. You have that in there, y'all? For your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. This was a struggle for the dude. This was a struggle. He, the struggle was, 
do I desire to stay here or do I desire to be there? He, he was waiting. Now, now, here's the deal. Please, this is not um, saying that he was going to commit suicide or anything like that. that that's not what he was saying. He, he was um, on, on the verge here and, and uh, always, really, um, right at, at death's door because of his faith and because of the persecution against him. He was accepting. If, if they say, okay, off with your head, all right, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. And he was struggling with this. Should I, should I welcome in trying to, to just, okay, I, I, I'm just going to welcome in, welcome in death, and if it happens, it happens, and great. Or should I wait and say, no, wait, God, you have me here, and I need to stay here. And This was a, a, a righteous struggle that was going on inside. I love how he says his outcome. But you know what? It's better for you, and I can, I can see him standing in front of the church at Philippi. It's better for you that I stay it's better for you. Why is it better for them? Because he is a disciple maker. He was making disciples. So that, that's one of, one of my heart's cries. I, it's better for me. Would I want to go and be with Jesus? Absolutely. I love my wife. I love my kids. But that's going to be awesome to be with Jesus. But you know what? It's better that I stay. It's better for you that I stay. It's not because I have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But God has put me here so we can be better disciples and we can make more disciples. And we have to understand that. We have to accept that. And we have to understand or, or, or say, for, for me to live is Christ, but you know, to die is gain. I want to live for Christ now. What does that look like? 27. <clears throat> Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So if you want to know at the end of the day, if you're ready to check out and say, okay, I'm just going to check out and take my nap, my, my weekly nap, fine. But hear this. Paul says how we can be a maturing disciple of Christ. He says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Be worthy of the gospel. Understand that when we filter our life through the gospel, that you're going to see imperfections in your life. Y'all are jacked up. Me too. We're jacked that we need Jesus, but the gospel says, you know what, I've paid for that. And now since, I, since I've paid for that, Jesus is saying, since I've paid for that, live like that. that that's, that's difficult. That's not what, what, what Facebook tells us. Facebook tells us not, we don't have to live like that. Come on. Those are just crazy Christians. No, it, 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 it's, he says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that, love that, so that whether I come and see you or am absent. So Paul's saying, if I die and I don't make it back to you, it, 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 just in case that happens, he says, so that I, if I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So we're united and we're saying, okay, yeah, we're going to endure some, some, some crappy things. But at the end, of it, we're standing side by side, not for what the, the, the preacher says, but for Christ. We're standing side by side for the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God 
For it, is, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Paul's not saying y'all got to go out and be martyred. He's not saying that. What he's saying is you have to be willing to live for Christ, because if you don't live for Christ, you're not living at all. The big idea for today, in your little notes there, discipleship is not merely reaping the benefits of God's grace. Are there benefits of God's grace? Absolutely. Do we, do we get those? I mean, being a, a son or a daughter of, of God? Absolutely. If we're obedient, does, does God want to bless us? Absolutely. But discipleship is not just merely reaping those benefits. Discipleship is responding to the responsibilities and challenges that Jesus associates to being his disciple. <laughs> there are going to be challenges. There are going to be responsibilities. Jesus tells us a lot of things in his and while, you know, of his time when he was on, on, on earth. In the Gospels alone, I, I think at one point we went through, or I made like a, I don't know, a list of 50, 50 things, 50 commands of Christ. I mean, and that wasn't even half of them. Jesus commands a lot of things to do. And it's, but they're not like a, a, a list in which we're checking off. He associates these things by, with being a disciple of his. When we try to put God in a box and we try to make discipleship something that it's too hard to get to or, you know what, it's, I got to go through this process and this process and this process, we miss it. We miss the relationship that God intends for us. My, my, my prayer is over the next few weeks that we, one, next week we're going to talk about what is a disciple. What is, and I'm going to give you practical definitions for this stuff. But, but, but my prayer is that we don't just hear and we just kind of go from there and say, yeah, that, was, yeah, that was a good, that was good, Lee. Yeah, good, okay. F fine, if it's, if it's good and if God's speaking, what are you doing? How, how is God working in you? Because I'm convinced of this. When we come together, God works in you in a different way than when you're alone. The corporate gathering, when we come together, God works in us in a different way than when we are alone in our own private you know, Bible study time or our own devotion. Does God work in that way? Absolutely. But when we come together, the Spirit moves in a different way. And we can understand that the movement of the Spirit is so we can glorify the Father. Because the Spirit brings to remembrance and reminds us and guides us the Apostle John says that the Spirit guides us into truth. And so we're guided into truth. And why are we guided into truth? So we can know more about Jesus. Why do we need to know more about Jesus? Because Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father. So at the end of the day, when somebody says, I don't know God. If you want to know God, you look to Jesus. Look what he's done. Look what he can do through you. What he can do through me. 
And understand that this, this big word of discipleship is all about that relationship and how we're growing and maturing in that. That's what I want our focus to be over the next few weeks. Is, you know what? I'm not, I don't know everything and I don't know the Bible that much. That, that, that's fine. We just, let, let's get you to the next step and the next step and then the next step. There are plenty of people that are one step ahead of you. It's, it's fine. And that's okay. Be honest where you're at. Because if you're not honest where you're at, how are you supposed to be helped? Be honest with your at. Hey, I don't know. Okay, fine. You don't know. That, that's fine. That's a good starting point. I love those people that I come in contact with. When I talk to someone and I say, you know, what, what are your thoughts about God? You know, I don't really know. I don't give much thought to it. There we go. It's like almost a clean slate I can work on. But then when people come in like, well, this, that, and the other, and they're just trying to get all philosophical and everything, it's hard to, to um, deconstruct bad theology. So if you're hearing, like, I just don't know, fine. If you, or if you're hearing you, you do know and you want to challenge me, fine. Let's I, or someone, let, 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 let's, let's duke it out. In Jesus, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not about you all being disciples of me. Don't be a disciple of me. Be a disciple of Jesus. I want to help you be that better disciple. With that, we're going to end. And I think I hit it right on the nose for 30 minutes. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Uh, God, we ask as we have just started to scratch the surface of what, um, uh, about discipleship. Um, we, we ask over the next few weeks that we can, um, we can dive deeper into all of this. But God, not that we can just be headstrong and we can know it in our heads, but God, we can know it in our hearts and our lives reflect all of this. God, as we finish with our, uh, a song here, God, we, we ask that our, our, our uh, noises go to you. God, because at the end of the day, it's all for you. We praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.